When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hello guys, you're so welcome here today to this podcast, which deals with all things in relation to narcissistic abuse, understanding it and surviving it and actually going on to thrive. Hi guys, you're very welcome back to another episode on NarcCon. On this channel, we firmly believe that we need to educate ourselves on the narcissistic personality disorder in order to heal from having an interaction or an entanglement with an individual who has this personality disorder or is highly narcissistic. If we understand what we've been through and the interplay between ourselves and a person of this sort, it's easier to heal and to heal very well and to protect ourselves going forward. So this isn't a judgment call on people who have the narcissistic personality disorder. It's not feeling about feeling better than other people and feeling superior ourselves. It's just understanding the behaviour patterns of these people in order to protect ourselves and not to be destroyed by the darkness of the behaviour that will come towards us if we continue to interact on any kind of an intimate level with an individual who is of a totally different mindset than you or I. And if we can understand the mindset, we can identify these individuals and protect ourselves so that our own lives do not get destroyed by their behaviour. So again, it's not a judgment call. It's not saying you know, it's not saying the person or the person themselves, you know, are worse or better than us. It's just saying that the behaviours they display are hugely destructive and dangerous. So just before I get into the video in relation to the immaturity of the covert narcissist, which is the title of the video, I would like to just say a huge welcome to a big amount of new subscribers and a huge gratitude to you for for joining the community, for giving your support by subscribing, liking and commenting. It means it's it's hugely encouraging to continue with the work. And it's also really good for people who are already in the community to get new voices in support of everybody's healing journey, 
new experiences shared uh, and new new comments about what people have gone through. Because oftentimes the comments are better than the videos and people get a lot from them. So please contribute in any way you can um, to this community and on other channels also. Okay, guys, to understand the narcissist, to understand the narcissist, to stop the cognitive dissonance that a lot of people, a lot of us, I think all of us go through when, when we're realising that the relationship we were in was with a narcissistic individual and actually coming to terms with that and the acceptance of that and the dispelling of hope or, you know, the feeling that, that a lot of us would have that we are able to help, that we're able, that we have the ability, that we want to try and help the person that we were in a relationship with or a family member. We have to let that go because by, by, by staying in that mindset, we will destroy our own life purpose and it's just not going to work. Narcissists are on their own path. They have chosen this path and we're not God. And it, it's necessary to be humble enough to remember that. We have enough to, to do to stick with our own life purpose and, and not, not kind of go off on a tangent and say, well, I... I can heal someone else, you know, I, I can do that. In actual fact, you can't with a narcissist. So going back to the topic of the video, if you understand the, the mindset and the, immature, the immaturity of the narcissist, the level of emotional maturity that they actually reached. Sorry, guys, I had to cut the video there. I'm babysitting two dogs at the moment, so... Um, okay, so we were at, if you understand the level of emotional maturity of a narcissist, it'll really help you with the cognitive dissonance, particularly in an intimate relationship, in not actually wanting to re-engage with that person or not seeing that, you know, seeing that the possibility of an intimate relationship is just not possible. So if you can imagine the maturity of the narcissist at maybe being three, five, six, seven years old, and if you can imagine that individual at that age, so you're walking along with your partner on the street, be it man or woman, you're actually walking along with an angry child. So if you imagine yourself, anytime you have that cognitive dissonance, just a tip, you might think it's crazy, but this this helped me. If you imagine yourself walking along the pavement, holding the hand of an angry seven-year-old that you were going to have to be responsible for, that who was going to have tantrums on you and who was going to be dependent on you to the level that you couldn't live your own life. So you're holding the hand of this person, even though they might may be taller than you, you're holding the hand of an angry child walking along and that's who you would be re-engaging with in a relationship. So here, here are the kind of, kind of games. I'm trying to give you an analogy of the narcissist's mindset. So 
when people, when children develop from an early age, they go through different stages of development and children by nature are narcissistic in that they're learning to take accountability. They're learning empathy for others. They're learning how to fit into society in a healthy way. And this goes on through the teenage years and even into the 20s until we develop into hopefully some level of mature adults. Some of us are more mature than others. And um, yes, so I digress. Um, Yeah, so narcissists will actually, they cut off at this age and they remain in a kind of a, at the child age where they're still trying to get their needs met as adults, the way a young child would have gotten the needs met by saying, I, it's, it's all about me. I want this. You have to give me this. Um, don't tell me no, or I'll have a tantrum. So they're in that type of mindset. But what they did instead of actually gaining the empathy and accountability as they matured through the different stages of childhood development, they had the tantrums up to the time that the tantrums didn't work, but they still stayed in the same mindset that it was all about them and the needs of the parent or whoever else didn't matter so long as they got their way. But when the tantrums didn't work, they figured out other ways to manipulate, to get their way, if you see what I mean and where I'm going. So they went off on a different path to the path of a person who has accountability and empathy and doesn't feel entitled. The narcissist remained in the childhood mindset of no accountability, demanding what they wanted um, and entitled to get that because they hadn't learned a different way. So what they did was they practiced when the tantrums didn't work, they practiced the manipulations and how to manipulate the parent or the adult or whoever they needed to get whatever they wanted from. And they perfected that into adulthood, but they remained in that mindset of the child. They just managed to cover it up. And as we say, they put a mask on to cover up that immature, emotionally underdeveloped, but very rageful child because they didn't learn how to emotionally regulate themselves because they went on this path. Now, you can say it's, you know, a psychological problem. You can say it's a spiritual problem. You can say it's a combination of all those things. You can moralize about narcissists. You cannot moralize about them. But at the end of the day, the behaviors they display are negative, evil, and dark. And you need to understand them. You need to identify a narcissistic individual and you need to know how to protect yourself against getting destroyed by them. So to me, it's a no brainer learning, you know, and learning about and educating ourselves about narcissism, no matter what opinion you come from as to, you know, judgment or where you think it came from, it exists, it's real, and we need to protect ourselves against it.
Okay, so here's the the narcissist in adult life. They're still playing the games they would have played in childhood because, as I said, they haven't, you know, gone beyond a certain young age. So if you can imagine a child, this is this is my explanation of the narcissist um, in adulthood as a child, say, doing triangulation. And this is just what I've come up with. Supposing that they have two little toy mouses or mice and they wind the two of them up and the child gets the two toys, winds them up and sets them off. You know, they're on little mechanical wheels and sets the two mice off in the same direction so that they're going to collide in the centre. And the narcissist child sits back and watches the mice go because he's wound them up or she's wound them up. And they, he knows they're on a set on a collision course and he wants to see what mouse gets on top of the other when they crash. And he's sitting back laughing at what he's set up, knowing that when the mice crash, you know, when they run out of the battery, he's going to have to come and pick them up and sort them out. And it's all about him or her and the control that they have. They've wound the mice, the mouse, mouse's mice, <laughs> mice up they've set them on a collision course. It's all, you know, it's all about them and and what they've achieved and the power they have over these toys. So that's the narcissist in adulthood triangulating people. They're sitting back and they're laughing and it's because of them and they're getting gratified by that. And they're no longer feeling kind of rageful and angry because they've had power in this situation and control in this situation which they didn't have as a child, but they learned their craft at an early age. The other things like that they would do, the games, the immaturity that's displayed by narcissists would be, I often see the rage, you know, those rages that the narcissists have. And please leave in the comments if you've experienced them. I'm sure most people have in an intimate relationship with a covert or overt narcissist. Um, as a child, they would have had maybe tantrums, you know, those two or three year old tantrums when toddlers will lie down even in a supermarket and scream and kick and shout when they can't get their own way. Well, a narcissist in adulthood, because they they are carrying this mentality, this lack of maturity, the mask is there to present as an adult, but in actual fact, it's hiding a rageful child. They can't keep that in all the time when they don't get their own way or when they feel that you're not on their side anymore, that you've done something that they don't like. They're going to have that tantrum. And in a narcissist, in my opinion, it comes out as a narcissistic rage and people are taken aback by it because it's in no way mature. It's in no way adult. It's no way how to deal with the situation. And you kind of go when they do it, is this person for real? Is there something mentally wrong with them? Because it's out of context. It's an immature reaction in an adult. And you as a human being find it hard to compute. The, the toddler tantrum in the grown up adult body so again, it's another sign of the immaturity of a narcissist in adulthood and understanding what's behind it and how they feel.
I guess will kind of help you in your diagnosis in relation to were you with a narcissist or not. It's it's a useful tool. I know no one can diagnose. We're told, ah, ah, don't try and diagnose anyone. You know, you're not a psychologist. Uh, people need huge amount of testing before they'll get get a diagnosis, particularly of a personality disorder. But hey, guys, the people we were with, a lot of them wouldn't even dream there was something wrong with them. So they're not going to go to get these tests done. So we have to protect ourselves with the information that we have. So we have to try and identify behavior patterns in order for us to protect ourselves. So we, you know, we can't necessarily go around and say, well, I know I was definitely with an NPD or someone who had a personality disorder. But what we can do is say, I have a fair idea, given the pattern behaviors that I witnessed that I was. So therefore, I'm going to take the appropriate action for me. So what other things do they do? Yeah, they have this kind of mentality, if you can imagine a child in a schoolyard that hasn't yet developed empathy or accountability and they're playing with their friends and they make best friends. You know, the way kids make best friends and then they might be with that person, say, for weeks and that person is their bestest friend and they go to that person's house for play dates and they're inseparable and then suddenly they drop that person and they have another bestest friend. That's what the narcissist does in adulthood when they change out their supplies. They, they don't have that continuity, that identity, that stable identity. You know, a child is kind of learning and growing, but with the narcissist, they they don't have the stability. They're still at the child like stage, always stuck in that type of a cycle, always stuck at that level. So changing people is like changing experiences, changing toys and um, going from one to the other. The other thing is, say, the exclusion of people. You know, the way kids in a schoolyard will kind of have a group maybe and you can't be part of our gang. You're not part of this gang or they'll ostracize someone from a gang and say, you know, you're, you know, you didn't do, you didn't do what we told you to do or what I told you to do. So you can't be part of our gang anymore. All this stuff is, is what's stimulating and driving the narcissist's behavior in adulthood. If someone didn't comply with the narcissist and their rules there are rules of engagement, then you're out. You say no to the narcissist, you're out. It's their rules, it's their gang, themselves being their gang. So they're not going to, there's no gray area with them. You're either in or you're out. It's very childlike without giving it that innocence of a child. It's, it's that level of maturity, getting back to the maturity levels again. So that's that's the way they're interacting with you as an adult. Um, they feel entitled. They're still at that stage of development where they feel their needs must be met. It's like the child not thinking, you know, of the parent. Oh, oh my mum or dad haven't had enough sleep. They haven't, you know, they're really tired. I shouldn't ask them for, for to take me to the playground. 
the child wants to go to the playground and they haven't yet got to the stage where they're conscious of or have any accountability about the fact that their their parents might be tired that doesn't enter their minds because they're not at that level of development well that's the narcissist the narcissist just wants what they want when they want it and who they want it from and if you don't deliver you're the bad person there's no kind of background thought about empathy for you or your situation there's no gray area you just do it for the narcissist or you're out or you'll be punished or they will go to a corner and sulk and not talk to you, which is another stimulation for the silent treatment in adulthood. People describe that, you know, when uh, their partner won't talk to them. I mean, that's a really, really low level of behaviour between supposedly an adult couple I know that people have, you know, fights and things and people need to go and maybe take time to themselves. But there's not this kind of sulky business going on where one person is manipulating the other by refusing to talk to them. That, again, is the immature level of the, the rageful child behind the mask. So I don't know what else. What are, what are the behaviours what other behaviours would they display that are childlike? We've gone through the tantrums, the silent treatment, the triangulation of people. The narcissist is not accountable. They are entitled. They are rageful. They're jealous. This is another one, actually. This is another one. Very un, very kind of discommoding when you're with the narcissist and they hear that, say, someone else could even be a colleague in work is going on holiday and they're really jealous of them. And you're kind of going, why would you be jealous like of a stranger going on a holiday? But it's again, they're at that childlike level. So there are all these subtle signs and some less subtle, you know, when the narcissist does the discards, when you're not part of the gang anymore or when they do the rages, they're not so subtle. But it's over time that the red flags will appear about the rageful child within the narcissist. But it's only kind of when you get to a certain stage and you begin to put them all together that you realise that there's something actually very wrong with the person that you were with. And then the penny kind of starts to drop when they're devaluing you and when they're being grumpy with you grumpy like a child with you, like a, a, an angry child. And you begin then to realise the level of maturity that the person has that you're dealing with. And the other thing is, before I finish, guys, if you get sick or need care, it's not the narcissist's job to do that. That's the way they feel. If you're sick, it's like their parent is in bed not looking after them. And that is just a no-no for the narcissist. It's not up to them to look after you because they haven't reached that stage of development where they would have empathy for you and would have the responsibility and the want to do that. So when you get sick, it's like you're letting them down and can't take them to the playground and you're no damn used to them anymore. And they'll go off maybe 
and look for someone else to play with or to bring them to the playground. And you're going, I just can't believe this. You know, I've done all these things for this person over a long period of time. And the one time I get sick, they're not there for me. And you're kind of going, it, it spins your head. You know, it's really hard to, it's really hurtful and it's really hard to compute. But that's why I'm hoping this video will help you if you understand the level that they're at and the rage and the resentment they have towards you when you can't do, when you stop functioning the way you're meant to function because you're there to service their needs. So to conclude the video, guys, it might be helpful. It's helpful to me, certainly, to imagine yourself getting back with the narcissist and to imagine yourself walking along the street, holding hands with a rageful five-year-old and spending the next number of years with this individual who to all intents and purposes looks like an adult, but you're absolutely fooling yourself if you think that that person is capable of having a relationship with you on your level. You're going to end up with a very rageful, very tantrum full toddler who's going to throw their toys out of the cot and actually they're going to throw their toys and their bricks at you, not just on the ground. You will be the recipient of their rages. Don't do it to yourself. See the reality for what it is. Save yourself. Save yourself for the life you were built for, the life you were meant to lead. It does not involve sacrificing yourself to help somebody else who cannot be helped, who you will, who will end up destroying you in the process. Take care of yourselves, guys. Until the next time, I sure hope that that was helpful. Thanks for now. Bye. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.